0: if you love fiction true crime and true stories from around the world with a little bit of history then welcome welcome this is a place for you welcome to the LP experience a place for you to kick back relax and enjoy some real life stories as well as fiction stories i'm your host OP. oh yeah let's go Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you for joining me today. If you are new here, welcome. If you were here last week, welcome. And this is the Oppie Experience and I am still your host, Oppie. This podcast, for those that are just coming, is a place where we tell stories or where we share stories and share our opinions on stories. I am a story writer and my name is Oppie and I write fiction stories but this is not just for fiction stories. This place is for real life stories, true crime stories, and all sorts of stories. It's just a place where you can kick back, relax, and listen to stories and form your opinions and share them with me. And we just, it's a whole community. We just keep on talking and sharing ideas and, you know, all that good stuff. Well, for those of you that were here last week, I started my, the first part of my fiction story stiff. And this week, I'm going to go to the conclusion many people were like they want to know what happened they want to know who which dead body was in their living room and if you don't know what i'm talking about please listen to the first episode because it's going to help you understand what is going to what's going to happen now or what i'm about to share well i'm not going to waste your time because i know many of you are already curious about this whole situation so let's get back to that messy situation and that messy story of Nungi and tope enjoy Her name was Catherine. We knew she was a feisty one from her profile picture, which she, on that picture she was wearing a suit with her arms crossed. I mean, who uses that kind of picture on a dating site when it's not LinkedIn? And her description on her bio said, If you are not looking for marriage, don't even bother. Serious men only. Rich, independent woman, no time for deadbeats. I told Topwell that we should overlook her and go for someone else. But did he listen? No. He insisted that she seemed rich enough and maybe this was going to be a huge deal. After much persuasion from him, we finally sent her a message. I was the one that chatted with her because I knew how to handle her type. She came across as blunt and sometimes rude but sometimes I could see the vulnerable side of her. At a point, she started letting out her feelings. I felt like I had accomplished something and I was grateful we picked her because she was the general manager of one of the biggest advertising firms in Nigeria. We spoke for about a month before we arranged a meeting. I knew she was going to be a hard one when she tried to meet on her own terms and suggested where she would meet Tokpei. Tokpei usually arranges meetings with the women in a lonely area far away from where we lived but this lady wanted to go public. After a lot of coercing she agreed to meet where we planned. Tokpei was ready to meet her that day but I couldn't push that nagging feeling at the back of my mind that something was going to happen something bad. I asked him if he really wanted to go as I watched him get ready and he faced me and said, of course, I have a feeling that we hit a big jackpot, baby. I sighed as he walked out the door. I knew something was going to happen. I was sure. And it did. The whole house was quiet, but it was loud with my thoughts. I decided to while away my time by cleaning our toilet. Weird way to relax, but something about scrubbing a bathroom makes me calm. I got a call from Tope later while I lay in bed staring at the ceiling. Nungi, I heard him say. There was something different in his voice. He sounded like he was crying. What happened? Tope, what's wrong? She's dead. I got up from my bed. What? She was dead before you got there or I asked him. I killed her, Nungi, I killed her, he said. Oh no. I, I told him to calm down, and I asked where she was, and he told me she was in the boot. I couldn't even bring myself to cause, why the heck was she in the boot? He, he could have left her body there. He said he panicked. I sighed. Topper was going to get both of us in trouble. Big trouble. You know what? Just come home. We'll figure it out, I said. He hung up, and I tried to think of what we could do. I came up with nothing. Now here I am, staring at the dead body that Tokpei has dumped on our white carpet. Tokpei arrived about 20 minutes later. He dragged the body in and kept his hands akimbo as we stared at the body. Tell me what happened, I asked as Tokpei tried to catch his breath. He didn't answer me as he let out deep breaths. (laughs) I told him to answer me because I was already getting pissed. He gave me an icy stare and told me that I should Calm down because he's trying to catch his breath. I scowled as I sat down, waiting for him to catch his breath. After a while, I got fed up of waiting. See, Oga, you have to catch your breath later. We have a dead body in this house and we need to get rid of it fast. So tell me what happened. <sighs> so I sat down on the floor and he told me, I went there alright. I went there and she was there. She even looked scarier in person. I wore the mask and as usual, I pointed a knife at her and asked her for the money. She gave me her purse and just as I turned around, she jumped on me and struggled with me and in the process she removed my mask. We looked at each other for a while and I had no choice than to kill her. She saw my face, Nungi, she saw my face, he said, running his hands through his hair. I let out a sigh, but trust me, it was not of relief. We need to get rid of the body, Tokwe, we can't leave her here, I said. I couldn't bring myself to look at the body but I took a peek and when I did, I felt nauseous. Her eyes were wide open and so was her mouth. She looked frozen, it was really scary to see. I jerked up from the couch and I said, close her eyes. I had to take charge. There was no time for pity or guilt. I wasn't about to go to prison. I headed to my room, grabbed my car keys from the drawer right next to my side of the bed and walked back to the sitting room. You have to put her in a bag. We can't afford for our neighbors to be suspicious, I said, heading to the door. He asked me, how am I supposed to do that? We don't have a bag that big. I don't know, but you have to do it chop her body up or something he had a look of horror on his face he exclaimed (laughs) I narrowed my eyes and asked him what are you ready to go to jail because I am not he told me to help him with the knife (laughs) I laughed and I said knife you killed her so clean her up I said before leaving the house I could feel his fear because my hands were shaking as I tried to open the car door Even though I had a brave face, I was shaking inside. Many thoughts ran through my head. What if we get caught? What if the police are watching us right now? I shook my head and laughed. (laughs) There was no way! The police had nothing to suspect. I entered the car and sighed as I leaned back into the driver's seat. All I could think about was how everything had suddenly gone wrong. I turned the steering wheel as I waited for Tokwe. What was taking him so long? I closed my eyes as I leaned back. I wish none of this was happening. As I thought about the next line of action, I heard the front door open. I opened my eyes and I saw Topper coming out with a black bag. He kept on looking around to make sure no one saw him. And that was weird because even if someone saw him, the way he was acting was enough for them to call the police. He opened the boots and put the body inside. Once he was in the pa- passenger seat with me, I sped off. If anyone had seen Tokwe and his suspicious behaviour, we needed to leave before they did something outrageous, outrageous. Something outrageous like calling the police. Where are we going to drop the body? He asked. I don't know where we were going either, but I knew we had to get away from familiar territory. After driving for a while, I was able to see that we were on a lonely road. I felt chills go up my body. I told him to drop the body there. And he looked at me for some seconds before getting out of the car. I looked straight ahead hoping that no one sighted Topwe. I wondered what took him so long. Immediately he entered the car, and sped off. Where are we going, Nungi? I need to go home and just take off my clothes and rest. But I didn't answer him. I took him to the front of a restaurant, told him to remove his clothes and I dumped everything that had evidence of blood or a murder in the trash can in front of the restaurant. I was so scared. And by the time we got home, he slammed the door behind him. I knew he was pissed because I didn't talk to him throughout. But he could hate me all he wanted, but I was trying to save us from jail. I got into the house, locked the door and collapsed on the couch. I closed my eyes as I recounted what happened. I couldn't believe a human was dead and we just got rid of our body. What if the police knocked on our door? Or worse still, what if someone saw me? I heard the door open as I was thinking and Tokwe came in and he asked me, what was that all about? I was wondering what he was talking about. He said I was commanding him and trying to act like I had to interrupt him and I asked him like what Tokwe? like what? You put us in this mess and I got us out of it and instead of you to be grateful you are trying to start an argument, an argument I am not going to have with you I said. Tokwe grunted and walked out of the house. I could not figure out why he was angry, I mean, I saved us, or I mean, I saved him him from getting arrested. But I still had a nagging feeling that we were going to get caught. This was the time for us to stick together. Tupper eventually came back that day but it wasn't the same. We hardly said a word to each other and this went on for days. Tupper would go out and come back days later. We were growing apart, not only from each other but from our money. But that was not what scared me. What scared me was the thoughts that kept coming to my head that either the police get us in trouble or Tokwa exposes us to the police. And what validated my fear was when I saw the news of Catherine's death announced on Canton TV. And what made it worse was that it was everywhere on social media. There was even the hashtag, justice for Katrin, trending. The good part was that her body was not found but people already concluded that she was dead. I couldn't say all this to Topher because he would rather go out for drinks than talk to me but I knew I had to do something and fast. I had to save myself and I had the perfect idea. I had to make sure Topher was home for this plan. On a Tuesday while he was trying to get ready to go out and was tying his shoelace, I stood at the entrance of the room. We need to talk, I said with my hands on my hips. About what, he asked without looking at me. About everything. You have been acting strange since the... I lowered my voice. Since the catering situation. He told me he needed time and I asked him time for what? This is the time we need each other and in case he did not notice her death has been everywhere and we need to come up with a plan. He sighed and he told me that he knew about her death but it's just that he couldn't live with himself knowing that he was a murderer, that it haunts him and the way he looked into my eyes I could see the sadness and hurt in his eyes and I felt for him. All this while I had been thinking he was avoiding me but I didn't know he was beating himself up. I walked over to him and rested my hands on his shoulder. We'll get out of this. Mistakes happen. I told him. He placed his hands on his head and I knew he was crying. I sighed. It was too late. I had to go on with my plan. At that point, there was a knock on the door. Do you want to get that? I asked Tokpei. He sniffed and nodded as he stood up. I sat down on the bed and sighed. I knew what was coming. I could hear Tokpei open the door and I could hear the voice of a man ask, Are you Mr. Tokpei Additional? Tokpei said yes. I could hear the confusion in Tokpei's voice. You're under arrest for the murder of Miss Catherine Obazi. And the man went on to read the rights Tokpe had. I stood up and went to the sitting room where Tokpe was being handcuffed. He struggled a bit before looking at me. I could see the hurt, the confusion, and the pain in his eyes. But beneath that, I saw something more. Something so strong. Hatred. As the policemen led Tokpe out and into their van, I stood at the door of our apartment and watched him. The neighbors were also watching from the window. I could f- feel his pain and everything and i felt so bad for him but i had to do what i had to do i had nothing to do with the murder and i had to take care of me thank you that is the conclusion and the final part of stiff i hope you enjoyed this short story what do you think what do you think about Nungi? do you think that she's a conniving person or do you think that she was someone that was just sticking out for herself what would you have done if you're in her situation? Okay, I know many of us wouldn't do what she was doing with her boyfriend by scamming women. But I mean, if you were in that situation, what would you do? I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for taking our time to listen to my story. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the OP experience. I hope you enjoyed the story for today. But you know what? We're not going to leave it here. Mm -mm. I want to hear what you have to say about the story for today. Don't forget to visit me on my social media at the OP experience on Instagram. And let's continue the discussion over there. Until next time, bye.